You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. Let's go take a ride in the car. Being is for doing, and we are doing our last episode of MTV's This Is How I Made It. Uh, we're going to be featuring Joan Smalls. You got Afrojack right now. We'll hit on Ed Sheeran later and Brandy. My name's Thomas, and I am joined with... Nigel McGinnis. And Kendrick Havisaw. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, uh, Afrojack, what are you guys' thoughts on him? Oh, sorry, I'm scared. That was a hard out, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Afrojack, I... Oh, yes, Afro, I was thinking of the other... Um, I was I was intrigued by him. I liked uh, I liked his story and, yeah. and how his name kind of came about. How do you feel uh, he was different from most of the Americans that were in it? Because thus far in this show, most of the people have been American, right? I liked his kind of laissez-faire attitude. And he traveled. He traveled to different countries. Maybe that's also part of being from Europe. He, um, Afrojack's originally from Holland, Holland or yeah. Amsterdam area, and um, traveled throughout Europe. Like he started in in Holland playing, and then he went to what do you say? Croatia, I think is what it was, during the summers or something, and was Spain and Italy. Spain and Italy, but at the very beginning he went down there to like Crete. Cr- Crete is what it was. There you go. Excuse me. Crete and Croatia, it. very different. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let the hate mail begin. But no, he was da- he was down there, and that's where he was making two hundred dollars a week performing. And then he went back home and wasn't discovered. And then after that, he just kept working harder and harder and harder. And d- do you think that's part of just growing up in Europe, where you become more international because of, I guess, the distance? I don't know. I, th- I thought the, his um, his journey to stardom or having made it, for example, I think was the same for most of the people in North America. But just, uh, I think people from Europe have a different mindset. Arguably, people from Canada as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that they're perhaps arguably less obsessed with fame and fortune in and of itself. I mean, when he, he talked, he said uh, at the end, he believed he was successful because he was happy. And Ed Sheeran, when he talked about it as well, will also put over the fact that he'd be doing it if he wasn't making any money at it. You know what I mean? I think there's definitely, you can see people from different countries having very different ideas and notions of what making it is, right? Well, he said, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's also generational because I think a lot of people that I know, at least back home, um, the younger ones now do kind of, they are kind of obsessed with form, uh, fame, fame and fortune. Yeah, but the ones I grew up with, they were about the hard work and just kind of making their own opportunities. Well, what I noticed is he, he's a club guy, like just to the bone. Like he said at age 14, he went to his first club and loved it. And then age 16, he really started going a lot more. Mm-hmm. And he said he would be doing this even if he was broke. Mm-hmm. Like, this was just... Even if he had to make money to pay the rent, he was going to go on the street corner and perform. So he was smart enough to know I have to make money to pay my bills, but at the same time, this is my passion. Mm-hmm. And nothing's going to keep me from my passion. And 
and the fame just kind of happened for him. It, it like, but it was also that hard work, like traveling internationally. And he mentioned when he was in Spain, he wanted to always give his fans something bigger when he went back mm-hmm. because he's like, if they're going to pay money to see me, yeah. I need to show them that I'm this good and that amazing. And I thought that was pretty neat. Like he he stayed humble and to his roots to an extent. Mm-hmm. And he even mentioned his name, like Afrojack. So he got his name because his hair. He's like, my hair just grew straight up. Yeah. And then he, when he got, it shows that he didn't really plan out having a long career because when his uh, first single rose up to the charts take over control the name Afrojack was on there and he, he even said on how I made it he goes I didn't know if I was going to keep that name but it worked mm-hmm. it's catchy it worked in the club and I think that's the laissez-faire attitude I like that he has because he's laid back and he even when he had the song with Neo and um, Dave Guetta and everyone else um, he kind of mentioned you know I, I don't think I've made it but you know I'm pretty close so he kind of has that mentality like he wants to keep working harder can you translate laissez-faire for anybody who oh, doesn't speak French? Kind of like a lax, like, cool, <laughs> reserved what's attitude. That, what's the, the strict translation, laissez-faire, if you have to just translate um, it strictly? It's kind of like leave it, leave it be. Leave it be. So it's not an exact uh, yeah. translation, yeah, so I had yeah. to interpret it for you. Do we have that song <laughs> that... There we go. You guys remember this song, right? Yeah. And I, Again, I, I remember it from going to clubs yeah. and thinking, uh-huh. I've got to get out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> That's yeah, the ongoing theme for you. It is, and I, and I wish I, I, I wish I appreciated the music more because I, a lot of my friends who are you know for even for just five ten years younger, this is the music they love and they always play and and girls love. You know what I mean? And and it just seems ironic that one of the things that I love so much, you know, is tied in so succinctly with some of the things I hate so much. Well, you know I was I mean? waiting for you to say, you know, in the club, and I was dancing to it, but you never say that. Because if you listen to the beat, though, <laughs> it's the beat is what it is. That he created. It, it, it's a very upbeat beat. Like, this type of music, the electronic music that's out right now, it's, it's all very, well, I guess all electronic music is, but it's very upbeat. In a way, it's almost, like, addicting because it's, like, that high when you're in a club. Like... <laughs> It makes you happy, like it's a good beat, makes you want to move. And like this song was pretty amazing. It was Pitbull and Neo, like all, Mm -hmm. and and Afrojack, all three artists. This was like one of his biggest. I don't know why it doesn't make me want to move. (laughs) Makes me want to leave. I don't know why, yeah. Maybe it's, you're not into electronica. I guess I must not be. I don't know, you know, I, I really don't. I'm older than my time, I guess. But, you know, I, I can appreciate that it, it, um, people identify with it and they love it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, to a certain extent, his success was sort of being in the right sort of industry, making the right sort of music at the right sort of time. For, for example, if he, if he loved disco and he decided to write lots of disco music, he could have worked as hard as he wanted to. He wouldn't have had that several level of success because, you know, disco isn't cool anymore but what if he created it and I mean brought it back difficult to do could you see it him doing it anyone doing yeah. that really I'm gonna go changing the, the entire and, uh, music industry I'm so bringing disco back there you that's go. it but you know Afrojack or also aka Nick Vandewall like what I liked about him and what he did was he admitted he's like I didn't have any money like I had like an old PC and I used pirated software which we talked about before which came me bad but he's like but I created my own beats he's like I was gonna make beats like if I heard like a chipmunk outside like I was gonna go like create a beat out of that just because but that shows like his love for it and he was willing to do anything to go 
to go and pursue this dream. I mean, he traveled like to different countries to to perform. You know, when sure. he was a kid. But I just again with with the European guys, I didn't get that feeling of like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work so hard and I'm going to make it. They didn't have that same sense of like you know I have to get to this position. It was like this is what I love doing and I'm going to keep doing it. And I kept doing it, and I had a lot of success with it, and that just kind of the way that things happen. Well, that positions, an, I think, an American way of thinking, like because it's America's about status. Like when you get here, you get this, you get this, you get that. And it's well, something and it's that also where it's about ingrained dreams as well. I mean, America is the land of dreams. Mm-hmm. When most people come to America, most people go to Holland to, I don't know, get high and like <laughs> listen to Afrojack, get laid, right? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, he, he he is honestly, I, I think he's very talented and he's one of my favorite, sure. one of my favorite artists, like him and David Guetta. I don't know if you've ever seen, I haven't seen Afrojack perform, but David Guetta is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he even said David Guetta, like he, you know, him and have, him and David Guetta have collaborated before and it, and it helped him win a Grammy and David Guetta's second Grammy. David Guetta's amazing in concert. Like he just, you. but the thing that's amazing about David Guetta and what I got from Afrojack, just watching the little snippets on This Is How I Made It, was that they love what they do. Mm-hmm. And so when you see that, like as a, like as someone going to a venue and you're paying to be there, mm-hmm. it makes you happy to be like, I spent money supporting someone who wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And you can just see them light up when they're creating yeah. the beats and mixing it up. It's, it's almost like they're down in the crowd with, the others you know they they're not necessarily performing but they're kind of just feeling it the same way but up on stage yeah and it's and it's what they love doing and and to me that's what i liked about him he was just a matter like you said just a matter of fact about it this is what i was going to be doing no matter what Mm -hmm. how important are the drugs do you think like like generally speaking (laughs) and correct me if i'm wrong because i don't don't go to these clubs but honestly like uh, how many people in those clubs are either a very very drunk or b doing a lot of drugs or just high off of the music which if you had to guess I have no idea. I would say probably one out of four if I was to guess, to be honest with you. Was, really? Yeah. I would guess, yeah. Because I wonder, if everyone was stone cold sober listening to the music, would they get as much out of it? Would they get... I do when I'm in the car. If I'm on the 405, <laughs> 405 is notorious for traffic. If something comes on, it's got a good beat. It gets me like to not think about it because it, it puts you in a better state of mind. And and that's what he's doing as an yeah. entertainer. He's, bringing, he's trying to bring you back to that place to be like, I want to go see this guy because he's mm-hmm. going to make me go back to that happy place. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's just five minutes of the song, it, it kind of brings you back to that time where you're not thinking about, you know, the stresses of daily life, which mm-hmm. is part of being an entertainer is supposed to distract people from their daily struggles and kind of make them enjoy watching you perform. Right. I'm just saying that a lot of time throughout history, a lot of music has had certain links with certain, mm-hmm. you know, types of... Um, Culture. Culturals or, or, or drugs. Or even if you look at alcohol, for example, you know what I mean? Like yeah. jazz. Jazz had a big tie into like alcohol. The speakeasies and all that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, you know, for better or for worse, you know. Joan Smalls, we haven't really touched on her a lot. No, what about her? What do you guys think of her? She's from Atillo, Puerto Rico. Pretty good, right? And then <laughs> she grew up there, and her dad was very supportive of her. You know, she was very tall, very skinny, which is what we've heard from a lot of models that have been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly Claus said the same thing. She was very odd growing up, but her dad loved her, supported her. He even created a tea in the bathroom for her mm-hmm. to walk to down like models. Yeah. What did you, that's pretty neat, that was right? interesting. I wouldn't think a father would do that. Like, maybe she was daddy's little girl, and that was just, yeah. like, trying to tell her, hey, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Miha, it's okay. You can do this. Like, I'm going to support you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the record skipped when he was like, except you have to get your diploma. <laughs> and she she got a little she feisty got, about that. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. But I'm glad he's, he did that. 
Well, cause she's like, it's not what I wanted to do. And she said she went for two years. I don't know what college you can get a bachelor's in two years, but kudos to her because it usually takes four. Maybe but she did. Maybe she doubled up on some credits that transferred or something. Or something. Yeah. But then you know she she did what her dad wanted. Went to New York, and you know she kept getting overlooked. And finally, um, someone said they liked her, and they said you need to go back home get your teeth fixed because her teeth were crooked and she's like but I've seen a lot of models that have crooked teeth and he's like yes but you're but you're black and you have crooked teeth and so she was like that's really offensive she went to Puerto Rico went back home and she but she used that to take her to I guess she capitalized on that in a way I guess like she didn't let those words bring her down mm-hmm. she's like I'm gonna fix my teeth and I'm gonna yeah. But in the movie version, she mm-hmm. had said, you know, screw you, I'm going to keep my teeth the way they are, yeah. and would have had success without it, mm-hmm. v- versus going, okay, I'll do what you say. Well, that's what she tried to do at the beginning, and then it just, the doors weren't opening. Yeah, but if she had, you mean if she had continued on and saw um, other agents? Yeah, other agents, other agents yeah, with, uh, with the crooked teeth or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? Because there was, there, I forget which one it was, but there was someone else on this series that said, you know what, I'm not going to change the girl from Glee. The, 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 the bigger girl from Glee, you remember? Oh, Amber Riley. Amber Riley? Yeah, right. And she talked about how they, you know, told her she needed to do this and that. And she said, no, I'm going to go home. I'm going to stick with the way I was. Mm-hmm. And she had success with it despite that, which I think is, you know, arguably more inspiring than someone that sort of curtailed to what, which, but, but at the end of the day, if you're going to be a model, you have to have straight teeth and you have to have, well maybe you don't I don't know can you I mean uh, you can't be overweight I thought all models had straight teeth not all no and and I mean that you're supposed to be tall there are short ones like you know they're always unique cases uh-huh. um, but I thought that I thought like I thought that was like a really I'm trying not to use a cuss word but like a really inappropriate comment to tell her because like that that's really offensive mm-hmm. but I was surprised that she like you said she went right back home well, but I mean, maybe I there was some time that lapsed. But I, I, I think, mean, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I think that's because she's she wasn't from here, so she and she, you know she was up against everyone. It was her against the world, so she didn't know any better. So she probably was like, oh, I have to go home, and make this happen. See, it would, it would, it would. If I was in her shoes, I'd be concerned that the one person that was interested in me said I need to straighten my teeth, and then they'll sign me because I would think because braces are expensive, and so I would think that's a big investment. I'm going to come back in a year because braces also take a year or two to correct your teeth. So, you know what I mean? I just think it's very interesting that that, but I mean, it worked out for her. So yeah. good for her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it showed like in her like tenacity, like she didn't let that bring her down. Like she was going to kind of figure out a way to pursue her dream no matter what, because she said that's what made her happy. She can't live her life for other people in, in an essence. And she was, but she also mentioned too that she was in a sense typecast. Like I think Nairiveta mentioned, and um, others have mentioned on here. Like a lot of times they've been pigeonholed because because of the way they look. And she somehow like found a way to. Well, she fixed her teeth, but you know what I mean. I guess so. Um, I got the sense watching a lot of these these sort of shows that like people say you know what if you believe in yourself you're going to make it and then I I touched on it before Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people that believe in themselves and struggle and struggle and and are very very talented but still never make it so I was as I was watching this show I was thinking to myself what's more important you know to to this show to get out there is it more important to present this idea that if you've got a dream and you never give up you can make it or is it more important to to present more of a, a realistic viewpoint that as long as you enjoy the journey then it doesn't matter whether you succeed or not because sometimes people aren't going to make it which mm-hmm. of those two sentiments do you think is, is, is more important? 
I think enjoying the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think life's about the journey. I think that's as inspirational to, to a 15-year-old kid that wants to be uh, an actor or something else. You learn along the way it's about the journey mm-hmm. because you think it's <laughs> the end, but it took, I think, age 25 is when I learned, 31 now. It took me to realize it's about the journey because if you keep working and having, having your nose to the ground, just working, working, working to get to where you're going to be, most of your life, you're not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that saying, take a step back and smell the roses. Um, my question, though, is, like, but you know the the life of a model isn't normal. I mean, I don't. It, I mean, what we would call normal, like it's not your nine to five. But so she, um, the, it just it just is interesting. Like, so she had to fix her teeth. But how 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 is someone told or decided that they are worthy of being a model or beautiful? Like, how do they, I've always wondered that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like you don't act, you don't sing. You wh- wh- what separates here. a model from another? Obviously, when they get famous, they're, they're you know they're they're beautiful. Like wow, this you know they're all stunning, but. Weren't there a hundred others that were just as pretty? And I mean, I don't know. What's your thought like as a, as a woman about that? Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I mean, every agent or scout looks for something different. So I mean, I don't. I guess beauty is in the eye of the agents. <laughs> so it's modeling more very much about the right place at the right time. Would you say? Since there's so many, there's the competition's just so fierce. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, it's, sorry, it's just it's a it's a whole world that I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm guessing. Yeah, you have to be at, at the right place at the right time. You have to be a certain look that they're looking for. You have to maybe be an anomaly because sometimes they're looking for what's not out there already. So it's it, you never know. Well, and you know, she meant, uh, Joan mentioned that she was asked her to the Givenchy runway and she landed like the big the part there, the exclusive. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's kind of when she realized that she. That she had actually made, made it. it. And she was so surprised that she had gotten there, which I thought was interesting because she had the attitude, like, I know I'm going to do this, I don't want to do this. But she had that humbling moment where she's like, I actually did this. Mm-hmm. Was she dating that Kyle Hager <laughs> guy or not? I wonder. It seemed, seemed like to be, that's right? where no, they were going to go that, with that, that, that. was the feeling I got from it, right? But they didn't touch on that. Because it's probably not professional to, to bring that up. <laughs> maybe that, you know, right. maybe that's kind of what helps models and you know what I mean like connections and stuff like that to get up you know Some personal connections yeah maybe because again like I, I the, the life of models just like if you ever watch um, America's Next Top Model or you know stuff or even Project mm-hmm. Runway for a, a, a little bit you, you'll see it but just that whole industry it's just such a very interesting industry I don't know if you guys have ever watched anything like that but yeah it's, it's it's like it's it is it's very much beauty is in the eyes of the beholder but mm-hmm. but definitely moving on to episode anything else you guys want to touch on about her speaking of beauty <laughs> Ed Sheeran <laughs> the beautiful man if ever I saw one right he's a handsome man you said you'd date him wouldn't you <laughs> I didn't say anything he's like that he's a handsome no, ginger but it, it brought up a very interesting conversation again about um, Prince Harry <laughs> right oh yeah we got into a lot of things share <laughs> mm. Uh, me, come on! You were you were there too. God, it was well, tell before the mic's on, and she's all this, isn't she? She's all this, and now. Well, we were because we got into the top. Are we going to go there? No, come let's, on. Let's, no, let's. let's eh, well, let's just get let's get to Ed real fast because we can wrap it up at the end. But so hey, so talk about Ed. Like he's from he's from Framing Framingham Framingham. I can't pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> Framingham, England. But you know. I thought, like, you, you brought up a very good point, Nigel. Like, he and Afrojack are very well-grounded. Maybe that's the Europeanness in both of them. But they're both very, like, they knew this is what they wanted to do. They pursued their music career, mm. you know, at all costs to an extent. But um, 
Ed also knew his limitations. He said, I can't sell a CD cover based on my lugs. Well, he was told that, wasn't he? Right? But I think he said he realized he agreed, it, too. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Well, you, know, you wouldn't that. date him, so, you know. I didn't say that, though. You would date him. I just said because he seemed introverted. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, right. He, and he is introverted in that you can kind of tell he is. He's, he's an artist because he's he's not that comfortable in interviews. How can someone who's introverted be like a performer who gets on stage in front of like... Because you're insulated in a way. You don't have to. You don't. You're not talking. You're talking you're at head, not to. Yeah, and then once you're really in mm-hmm. your element. Mm-hmm. And do we? Have, do, were we able to pull up a song, Marissa, from him? Yeah, because I, I was interested to see. Uh, Is this your type of music, one? Much more. Yeah. Oh, yeah this yeah. makes you walk in the club. <laughs> I'm gonna I don't think they'd be playing this in a club. <laughs> Maybe a coffee shop. A I like coffee shop. Yeah, this is nice. This is. You sit down with some friends, have a conversation. You know. With mm-hmm. this background music. Yeah. Was he rapping? Another. I think it was the other one. He was yeah. on stage. He was. Yeah. I th- he throws that in between this. But he, I mean, he mentioned his um, his inspiration was Damien Rice. He's a nice mm-hmm. voice. Uh, Damien Rice, rather. I'm not familiar with him. Are you? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. His music. His um, song. Uh, the, the the one they played there. Yeah, the blower's daughter mm-hmm. um, was very famous song from um, Closer. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. Oh my god. That's a really good movie. Oh, did you ever watch I it? I don't think I saw that. One. Oh my god, did it was wait, just so one? distressing. If you're in a relationship and you watch Closer, it will just scare you to death. It is good. Which it's one? A, it's a dang good movie. Uh, oh, Julia so Roberts. Julia um, Roberts is in. But, oh no, I haven't seen that. But yeah, so like so anyway, so he saw so. Saw him perform, saw Damien perform in Ireland. Like his his dad went with him. Mm-hmm. They went and checked him out, and then they saw him at a bar, and that's what inspired him to start writing music. I think he said he wrote six he wrote songs six that night, songs. and he'd never his written first a song before. Songs, yeah, but it was really. I mean, to me, that's a very sort of beautiful, emotional music. Which I mean, I get that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I get that completely. That that moves me when I listen. I think you can listen to that song and not be moved by it. You know. I guess I'm, it just depends on what sort of a person you are. Maybe I'm more of a sort of introspective, re- reflective person that mm-hmm. likes that sort of chilled music. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, don't like music to bring me up. I like music to bring me down. Which I guess, given the last six weeks of doing these shows, you guys probably think, <laughs> how do you get any further down, right? <laughs> But oh, <laughs> then he said, no. <laughs> so Ed, so Ed had mentioned no. that after that, you know, he decided to move to London and he admitted it was hard and it was kind of like, but well, right before that, his dad had told him, you know, I'm going to give you, you're going to get an education, but you're going to get like an out of school education. Mm-hmm. And his dad, you know, took him to see concerts, you know, along with Damien and, you know, helped him learn about the business side of the industry and wasn't he like a, a sidekick on a band or he was a guitar tech is what right. it's called mm-hmm. what is a guitar tech actually they set up the guitar they set up all the amps and stuff like that I guess you would you, would you call it a stagehand here or yeah, mm-hmm. so, Some, yeah something like that but um, you know you, you're in and around you know the, the bands and you're, you're watching how they're performing and you're learning a lot of stuff from behind the scene you know um, then he moved to London at 16 he took the tube everywhere and he was very realistic like he said I may not sell a million records but if I can sell 5,000 Mm-hmm. And he started performing, taking the tube, which is the train in London, apparently, mm-hmm. taking it everywhere. And he started building a network. And he referred to his network as a place where I can crash on a couch because he was very realistic. Like, And I think that's interesting. You said it wasn't like across the pond here in America where or the U.S. where everyone's like, oh, I need to make this money and that. He's like, I'm going to do this. But he was looking at the steps he's going to take along the way. And even if he doesn't make it to some huge fortune, he's going to be happy mm-hmm. doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just going to say, I think there's a culture of that here, too, in the U.S. And even in L.A., there's an underground Mm -hmm. group of musicians who do the same thing, just just for the love. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
perform at different it was know, funny venues I, around the city. I was on um, on the underground here. We were getting the train from from um, Universal City down to to Los Feliz, and there was a guy who was like busking down there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there were these two little girls, and they were dressed up as Tinkerbell from Peter Pan, going to watch Peter Pan, and he was singing a song to them, you know, about a fish <laughs> in the sea or something like that. And I thought oh. it was really nice, and I wondered whether he was just enjoying it or whether ultimately he wanted to, you know, play big arenas and stuff. Probably, probably not. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, LA's yeah. a great city for that, though, isn't it? LA's a great mm-hmm. city for just for artists, for entertainers. Everybody comes here because they want to do something. It's a city of dreams. It's mm-hmm. the entertainment capital of the world. Right. We had some great buskers in Montreal, too. Oh, yeah? yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and then, you know, he just couch surfed and all that, and he, he slowly started playing larger and larger venues. And his music, you know, also technology aided him just like it did Afrojack. He started allowing people to download his music. And it just kept spreading like wildfire, and then his venue started selling out more and more, and you know he became help. It helped him establish the artist that he is today. Yeah, interesting how that that varies between different entertainment forms. Because like, you know, if you, if you make a movie, for example, the last thing you want is everybody sort of downloading it and showing it to their friends. Then you don't get paid. You mm-hmm. don't get paid on it. But I guess with music, at least in his example, the more people that listen to it, the more likely they are to actually come out and watch him perform live in person. What I liked about him, what I liked about him too, you know, that's a very good point. Was that he admitted he's not a great guitarist. He he's mm-hmm. very honest about the things he's not great at. Mm. But he says I'm a great entertainer, and that's what people come to see as an entertainer. And I really like that. Like I, I don't even, I don't know if softer side is the way to say it, but he was very raw about it. You yeah, know? Right. he was transparent. Yeah, and that's I think that's where the, it's charming to see him kind of rap. Like they showed him kind of spinning a verse. <laughs> Nigel yeah. likes that word spitting, um, and uh, <laughs> I remembered it from another episode. <laughs> spitting, wow! Spitting and vibing. But um, speaking of vibing and sitting in my room, let's go to uh, Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> you guys remember that song? Yeah. Nigel, I don't know if you remember that song. But <laughs> what, what was the song? Were you a fan of Brandy's? No, no, sitting no. Up in my I like room. to drink it, but sitting up in my room. Well, I didn't know Brandy was from Mississippi originally. I thought she was born, ra- she was raised in L.A. I mean, but she was raised here, yeah. Moved to her at age four. Um, her dad um, was at a church. He was a pastor at a church, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she started singing and she said she stared at a picture on the wall so she wouldn't get, I guess, like scared, you know, nervous. in front of a crowd. And, you know, that's when the whole church was standing up. And that's when she, I think, realized that, hey, I want to pursue the singing. And, I um, mean, her parents are very supportive and I just, I thought like, um, it was interesting to see a different side of Brandy, like to kind of see her a little, to to see a longer interview of her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What did you guys take on it? It's just been a while since I've seen her. I guess in an interview because she, you know, she kind of left the limelight for a while. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to hear her history. And I mean, I know her parents were very involved in her career and her brother's career. And um, you mentioned the uh, Whitney Houston thing because Whitney Whitney Houston was a big inspiration for her, right? Mm-hmm. Did you get to meet her? Was that right? Didn't she work with her? And she worked with her in a movie. A movie. Was it the Fairy Godmother movie? What yeah. was that one called? Um, Fairy Cinderella. God- Cinderella. Yes. But it was a different. Time. Yeah, it was Cinderella. Though. Yeah, Cinderella story or something. Oh, I was interesting she, they didn't mention that. You think that would be a big part of the well, story? Well, but she was an. She, Whitney was like kind of a, a a role model in an essence for Brandy. Like Brandy looked up to her in many ways, and um, there was an interview that Brandy did on Piers Morgan on CNN, and. I want to say towards the end of Whitney's life, the past several couple months, she wasn't there for Whitney, mm-hmm. and she felt bad for it. Like I think she was dealing with her own. You know, she'd been in the accident a couple years. Well, that was a couple years before. So mm-hmm. That's probably not a good excuse. But um, 
for some reason she was caught up in inter- you know people get caught up in life and mm-hmm. I think she felt bad for not being there more for Whitney but you know you who knows predict. if that would have changed yeah. what, what was the accident uh what like four three or four years ago she hit someone on the 405 even more yeah maybe like five or five six or and six she was driving on the 405 freeway and rear-ended someone and um killed i think she killed the person i think the person died in the accident oh my god it was God. Re- really sad but i mean well, the, isn't that might make this kind of a fluff piece that like you know i didn't mention that which was obviously a big part of her life didn't mention whitney houston well they flashed whitney houston and they flashed an article about the accident oh, they yeah oh, mm-hmm. but they didn't she just kind of you know some mary just didn't have time run. i think they it? just touched on her life she just if they said troubles her troubles made her stronger and who she is today hmm. if they would have gone into that more it would have been like a good 10 minutes just into all because you would have right. to explain what was happening and, the legal yeah, ramifications. Sure. you know what i mean and i guess that's because it's controversial what because she she says that she wasn't texting and driving there's reports she was but but it was apparently court in court that she wasn't so it, it would have just been like a big mess but you know, I think this is her way of like, because I think she's going to release an album pretty soon. If she and I think this is her way of kind of trying to come back in mm-hmm. and let people know she's here. But she talked about Moesha. Do you guys remember that? M to the, M to the. <laughs> Did anybody else watch that? I was the only. Oh. I watched a little. Okay. I watched a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but wait, and then. Like, <laughs> but she said, you know, she like she did that part and the part before. What was the part before that she did? Um. Thea. It was that show, Thea. She With loved Thea, Thea because she could sing. Yeah. She didn't really want to act, but she wanted to sing. And that and, and then, showcase. Yeah. And then Moesha was, she actually liked that part because it was how she saw the world. Mm-hmm. Moesha was basically how she saw life. Yeah. And it was really interesting that she had kind of done a 180 in that instance with acting. Mm-hmm. Um, can we play that song we got by Brandy? The, um, what was it? Her first one? Baby. That Did rose get- to the top. I think she said it started at 90 and it went up to number one. What, what are you? She was riding to Del Taco, which is. Oh, oh there we go. Winnie Houston. <laughs> but she, you know, riding to Del Taco, which is like Taco Bell here in LA. And, you know, she heard on the radio, she was just ecstatic. Yeah. That moves him. He wouldn't leave the club. Does it move you, Nigel? It was moving him just now. Baby, baby, do you know I'm oh so fine, is it? <laughs> she was 15 when she released this. Yeah. yeah. Time. I think about you all the time. I think about you all the time. Well, see, at age 14, she went to Atlantic. She was very proactive and performed. What's wrong? I don't know. I just... <laughs> blah. You don't like it? No, it's I just... Uh, I'm calling a spade a spade there, but it just doesn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? It's, well, no it's from the 90s. Right, I guess it's so. It's good then, you know. Well, but she, you know, she was held back a year because Daryl Williams at Atlantic wanted her to wait a year to perform because mm-hmm. she was too young. He was like, you're too young to perform. You're too young. Come back when you're, what, 14? Yeah. Is that right? And that's what she and then she put the record she went together. To Puerto Rico and got braces. <laughs> and she, well, she had a gap in her teeth. She got it fixed. She did, but she later did, in life, didn't she? Yeah. All right. She, she should have left it. And she had a daughter. They didn't mention having a daughter. That's a big part. No, of she your did. Life. She mentioned she a little bit. She's about mentioned taking it. care of. Yeah. No, I mean, and what I'm mean, saying is, is I, they just said uh, being, having a daughter is a big part of my she life. She was married. Oh, she was? A child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. She, I mean, I, I think it was just like oh. running through her life. Like, just because yeah. they only had probably 12 minutes to tell her story. Yeah. So it's, you have to. I think that's one of the things with these series is, is that it's very difficult to really get into, into any sort of depth with any of these characters. I, I would have preferred to, instead of having two characters per episode, just one. Well, 
I actually was surprised she was on there because she's had kind of a longer mm-hmm. career than some of the other yeah. people. Right. So, I mean, 15, she needs like a years. true Hollywood story. Like, she needs a whole... Yeah. Especially with the, right. all that drama, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, can we play The Boy's Mind? You guys remember that song? <laughs> Speaking of Monica, <laughs> we were just talking about Monica. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you remember? Oh, that was the other one. <laughs> We were still on baby. Well, The Boy's Mind came out, what, that was 97? It was with uh, was Brandy and featured Monica. Yes. Yeah, they were, it was like a duel. Yeah, it was a duel. It reminds me of that summer a lot. Does this move you? Makes me to vomit. Just, it's just, it's just, how do you really feel? I don't know, I'm just, I'm bored by it, you know what I mean? Just don't do anything for me, huh? I actually know the lyrics to the song. <laughs> me too. <laughs> This is, so, if, if you were growing up in the 90s, this was a huge song. Like, that summer of, was it 96, 97? It was huge. Yeah. Yeah, 98. Well, listen, 98, oh. This is the last show that we're going to be doing here. So let, let's kind of sum up our, our thoughts and our feelings on, on the series as a whole. Like, what did you learn from it? What do you take from it? Um, you know, and what do you think it really presented to the people who've watched it? See, you just maybe. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I took from it was um, I like that MTV showed a variety of artists, like you know whether it be music, whether it be models, whether you know be actors, actresses, and it showed the struggles that they had to go through to become who they are. Some of them struggled more; they survived the mean streets of whatever city they lived in. Some of them had you know easier journeys. I think it's very. Di- I, I like that they they made it relatable in many ways, especially to the audience of MTV. On the negative side, I think that they were time cramped, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that kind of hindered actually like going into more of a like a biographical of them and kind of like analyzing their lives more because it, you could in twelve minutes it's very hard to touch. It was almost ambitious, but with too little time, right? Yeah, it, and and yeah, one maybe one artist at a time would have been better. Like, but but they used to do that with MTV Diary. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that show. They should maybe bring that back. Because I feel like we we didn't, especially so, the, the newer ones. They don't have as much to tell. Obviously, like 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 Ed Sheeran and um, Joan Smalls are a lot. You know, they don't have as much to cram into an hour episode. Whereas someone like like Brandy, like she could like like you had mentioned, you, you there were a lot of things you weren't aware about her life. That if they had a good forty five minutes, they could explain the whole thing. But. I think it communicated its purpose. You know, they definitely showcased the struggles of the artist. Was it watered down in some ways? I definitely think so. And maybe that was an artist's decision to kind of smooth some things over. It just uh, nothing stands out in my mind as I think back now to all the different people that have been on there. I can't think of anyone that went, oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, name, name, name anybody. Apart from these four people, name any of them. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. That you that stuck out as a significant yeah, as like a, I loved. Well, episode. I, I got something from that. Anybody? Yeah, maybe from Chris, just because he's gone through a lot. And he's still going. Like last night, there was the report oh, about. Gosh. I'm like, guy, just stop. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I know. Somebody tweeted that they're not even surprised by his headlines anymore because it's just getting ridiculous. His I liked because his was shot in a church 
right? It was here in LA. We we, we figured out downtown LA this this former church. It was shot there, and there was a lot about his life that was that we learned about that I wasn't aware about. That mm-hmm. you know, he grew up in a very Christian background, and he used to sing, you know, in, in the church, mm-hmm. and just it showed you that whole other side to what we see now. Mm-hmm. That, that's one that really hit home to me a lot, you know. And I wish they had done more with Brandy, but I think with Brandy, there's just so much there's it would have just been a mess to have tried to tell the whole thing. So if you had to sum up the the, the message as a whole in one sentence from this series what would it be one sentence would you have your source have my source <laughs> I know <laughs> no <laughs> I was just throwing it back I no know. <laughs> you know it's the, the, to sum up this is how I made it this is how I made it it can be difficult but this is how I made it like I overcame all my obstacles because I wanted to and that's what I feel every artist said I did this because I wanted to and I wasn't going to stop What's yours? Don't give up. You might succeed. I think it's no matter what your circumstance, you can, you know, make it according to what you think um, your definition of success is. Mm -hmm. Who is your favorite? Um, I guess Ed Sheeran, really, just because, like, he's the one that stands out to me, I guess, because he's closest to to where I came from and stuff like that, more down to earth. And, um, and from my own personal experience of trying to achieve fame, fortune or whatever else, um, the good times, uh, uh, the journey, you know, it's, uh, because I didn't make it to that, that sort of level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Any last thoughts on this season? I mean, it's been fun. It's been, a, it's been great hosting with you guys. You've definitely enjoyed it. We're gonna drop a tear. No, are you? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, there was some news. Uh, Brandy. I mean, the latest on her, she's engaged. Mm-hmm. That's the latest news. And um, what's her name is engaged also. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Oh, really? Announced today. You know, we don't have news and gossip, but I thought I'd that is interesting. <laughs> thought I'd bring some up. And oh, never mind. What? I was gonna say Rick Ross was involved in some nonsense today. What was that? It was like a a drive-by shooting. Oh, really? His his car got shot up. He's fine. He's fine. But he was allegedly, I should say. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, time to sum up, Thomas. Oh, you can find me at Thomas Guy, T-O-M-A-S-G-U-I-D-E. At McGinnis Nigel on Twitter or uh, NigelWrestling.com. Buy my DVD documentary. And where can they buy it? NigelWrestling.com. Okay, got that. <laughs> I'm at Kendra Cabasel, K-E-N-D-R-A-K-A-B-A-S-E-L-E. By the way, be sure and go to iTunes and rate us. We love five stars. That's five right there. Please, por favor, go rate us, uh, download, tweet us, give us your feedback. We love it. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for having us. Shoot, the past 12 episodes has been a blast. That's it. Thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.